up everybody hello 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 coming to you live once again from my parents house during the winter break to nuge what's up everybody uh this isn't this is weird um i was thinking earlier on how to like describe what this show is going to be and honestly there's no appropriate description because uh quite honestly this is a show that is a whole lot of nothing uh shout out seinfeld if you guys got that reference. No, um, this show is totally just a brain dump. That's what this is. Uh, it's fucking late at night. It's, you know, I'm recording this uh, when I'm supposed to be, you know, on vacation, having fun. But I had so many thoughts during this holiday break with all the various interactions I've had, all the people that I've gotten to see, uh, all the places that I've been. You know, I'm just such a fucking jet setter that I had to report this. And for those of you that don't understand my sarcasm, that was a complete joke. Um, but I hope you all are staying warm. It's been I hope it hasn't been as cold, but I highly doubt that. Um, I'm going to call this the Holiday Brain Dump. That's what the show is going to be titled. It's the Holiday Brain Dump, where I just dump all of my useless thoughts that I've been having um, during the holiday break on this show. So let's have fun. Let's dump some thoughts and... Uh, I'll try to get out of here as quick as possible because this is just a whole lot of nothing. So if you're into that, then feel free to join me on this journey of my thoughts. If you're not into it, then uh, you can kindly exit out of this podcast. But before you leave, like and subscribe because I think that's important as well. Follow me on all social media platforms at Essential Question Pod uh, on TikTok, which has been my most popping one recently. Shout out to all my TikTok followers. Uh, y'all are the best. Y'all are gonna get me to that Charlie D'Amelio status. I hope you know it. I hope you know that. Um, and uh, shout out to the Twitter. Shout out to the Instagram followers as well. Uh, we're above a hundred, so that's a accomplishment. I'll take it. I'll fucking take it, bro. Um, we working out here. We basically, we're basically a mid-tier influencer at this point. Nah, it's like lower mid. I feel like on like the, you know, socioeconomic class of influencers, uh, I'm like poor, but that's totally besides the point. Um, so let's get right into this show uh, or brain dump uh, about nothing. So this has obviously been a topic that has come up a lot here uh, over um, winter break for me. Uh, a lot of aunties and uncles uh for those of you in the indian community south asian community have been uh, coming over been asking what i've been up to um and i'm sure like every college kid goes through this where you kind of um you're you're going you're like back for winter break and you know a bunch of your family is over or you're, like your friends or you know close associates to your uh to the people that you grew up with um, and they're all over and then they're talking about like oh so an huge oh so so and so what are you going to do? What's the plan after college? What's the plan in the future? You know, the first question is usually like, do you have a girlfriend? But that's like the easiest no that I ever have to give. Uh, and then it's like, what are you doing in the future? What does your life look like in five years? And I'm like, uh, honestly, and like my go-to answer is like, <laughs> auntie, honestly, I don't even know what I'm going to eat for breakfast tomorrow. And that gets them all. And they're like, ha, <laughs> So funny, Anuj. That is going to make you zero dollars in the future. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it's got me thinking. Backup plans. Backup plans. Do I have a backup plan? And quite honestly, guys, I do. 
I really do have a backup plan for this podcast. Um, and I, I'll be dead honest about what that backup plan is. It's very, very simple. If this podcast fails, I am going to turn into the fittest possible version that I can be. Like the ultimate Kumail Nanjiani version of my body will come out. I will just go to the gym five times a day. I will pump 150 pound dumbbells. That's what they call them. And just go one, two. And I'm going to do that. And you know what I'm going to do? There's one person's DMs that I'm going to slide into. And you know what her name is? Melinda Gates. That's the plan. That's the plan. See, I had this plan in high school. Uh, and you can ask the members of the History Bowl team because I, I, I told them in high school exactly what my backup plan was in case my creative career didn't work out. They were like, what are you going to do? I was like, I have one very simple plan. Because at the time, Jeff Bezos had just divorced Mackenzie Bezos. Uh, I don't know if Mackenzie Bezos anymore. I don't know what her maiden name is. Didn't do enough research for that. But he had just divorced his wife, Mackenzie, because, you know, he was a random news anchor. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, Jeff Bezos was cheating. They were divorced. They were, And so Mackenzie inherited like half his fortune, which was like $45 billion, right? And then Mackenzie was single. And like the people didn't realize the immense opportunity that they had, right? Single rich woman in her 40s. Like, I'm the younger man. I should be her target, right? So I was like, I'm going to slide into Mackenzie Bezos' DMs. Of course, though, she like married some rando science teacher. And now some science teacher who was probably making like $55,000 a year teaching in Seattle public schools is now like the fifth richest man on the planet, right? So good for Mackenzie. Uh, Melinda Gates, you are my next plan. I am going to be the best looking thirst trap you have ever seen in your life. I kid you not. This is my plan. Like for all the aunties and uncles who are like, Anuj, if the podcast career doesn't work out, what are you going to do? And I'll be like, great question, Mira auntie. But here's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and get into such good shape probably better shape than Kumail Nanjiani got into. Then I'm going to post some nice pictures and slide into Melinda's DMs. Melinda Gates. I want to make that very clear. Melinda Gates, who has a hell of a lot of money after separating from Bill. After separating from Bill. And I'm going to slide in her DMs and be like, sup, girl? You know what we could be doing with those billions? We could be doing a lot be doing a lot anyway that is one of the things i've been thinking about as a backup plan so if, if this podcast doesn't work out i'm going to try and become a thirst trap for a living that is what i do thirst trap for billionaires right here i thought of the idea first you know what if there are if there are hotter men out there which the, obviously there are y'all should go thirst traps and billionaires if you want to make like easy bank and have your life made then you can do whatever you want they can do whatever you want. Melinda Gates should be priority number one for my straight men out there, right? If you're not straight, that's cool. But for my straight men out there, Melinda Gates and, and women too. Women, feel free to like flood the DMs. Everyone should be flooding Melinda Gates' DMs right now, I think, in my opinion. I think it's, uh, uh, I think it'd be cool. I think it's cool. Anybody should be flooding her DMs. Like it's, you know, slip slide trying to provide season. If you got that reference, Shout out to you. But 
Anyway, I'm just saying, whatever sexuality you are, whatever gender you are, slide into billionaires' DMs. Because maybe, because maybe, maybe, you could be sitting in a mansion doing absolutely nothing by the mere age of 27 and be the happiest person alive. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, everyone's like, you got to eat. You have to make some money. There you go. Marry rich. <laughs> that is my backup plan is to, is to become a trophy husband. But that does not matter because that is just a mere sliver of a thought that I have had during this holiday break in which Christmas was celebrated. And I did absolutely, you know, just did what Indian people do during Christmas, which is not celebrate. Um, but <laughs> didn't do much. Uh, let's let's go to this, man. Let's go to this. People and the podcast. OK. And I, like I said, this is so unprepared. This is just off the cuff. So if I say some stupid shit, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm not trying to get canceled today. Go ahead and cancel me. Listen, I have a couple stories I want to tell. There's actually a couple stories with the podcast and how people have interacted uh, with me that I, I really, I really want to share with everyone. Um, and I think the first one, the first one happened literally like two, like yet two days ago two days ago. Um, so well, not two days ago. Well, it'll be like three or four days when this is finally released. So yeah, sometime like a few days ago, uh, I was at work. Okay. Doing what I do. And, uh, these two girls come up to me, uh, at the register and I work at a restaurant. So that was like, what can I get for you? And they're whispering to each other. And like, the thing is like where they are and where I'm at at the register is very, very close. So even if you're whispering, I can probably hear what you have to say. And these two girls, I kid you not, I kid you not, this is not me trying to go for clout. This is not me trying to be like, oh my God, I am the freaking shit. No, 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 no. This actually happened. I, I, this happened and they're like, I think we recognize him. He looks really familiar. Wait, the podcast, is he the guy? Is he the guy? I swear to God, this happened. This happened. No, this is completely 100% true story. I'm not even joking. And they're like, I don't know. And I was like, can I help you? And I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because I figured I, I wanted them to like have the guts to be like, are you so-and-so? I'm not going to be like, ha, yes, I am the podcast guy. Nice to meet you. For a conversation, I obviously wasn't supposed to hear if they were whispering, right? Took their order. And then they like kept like periodically staring at me throughout the day or sorry, throughout the night that I was working. And they were like, Right, like for those of you that uh, are were watching on YouTube, got to see my very animated uh, staring contest that I had with the camera. But that was literally what it was like. They were just going like, "Oh, oh, should we talk to him? Should we not? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." And I was like, "Well, like if you want to talk to me, talk to me. I promise. I'm, I'm not like a super unapproachable dude, okay? And I wasn't gonna like." go out there and toot my own horn like yeah i'm the podcaster hey man nice to meet you i'm basically a fucking lower mid-tier influencer and i can probably get your brother's business off the ground no i'm not gonna say that shit right like that's stupid so i was i just let it fly they left and um so and yeah i i honestly didn't recognize who those two girls were because they were like well you recognize us i didn't i don't know who they were um but if they see this if they see this episode of the podcast, 
Sunday. Shout out listening to this. What's good? So there you go. The two, the two that were whispering about me. You know what? I guess I have clout now. I'm cool. I'm. I, you stroked my ego. But I don't know who you are. Anyway, so that was one story, right? That happened recently. There's another one that happened during Thanksgiving break that I actually haven't shared with anybody. This is a this is a really fun one. It's all public too. Okay, so thank like I think the day of Thanksgiving I released a show. I think it was an after show or something. And uh, you know how like for the after show for those of you that do follow me on Instagram by the way at Essential Question Podcast. Um, great content on the posts if I should say so myself. I make them all. <laughs> um, no, but on one of the posts for the after show, I posted something about um, like I usually do like a story for each after show. So I think I did um, like the ups and downs of being a sports fan was that particular uh, story. And so I wrote about it, blah, 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 like put up a couple videos and images of my sports fandom, et cetera, et cetera. And then like clipped them all, put them in a post and packaged them. And I put a bunch of hashtags because like I put a bunch of the hashtags for the issues that I talk about because I think that's important, right? Like I feel like that's that's relevant to what we're talking about. Um, so I, hashtags I put was Peng Shui. Uh, who was the Chinese tennis player who, we, who I have talked about at length on this show um, multiple times, up, did an update episode on her as well. Uh, and so I put the hashtag in there with like a bunch of other ones and then put it out there. Literally like three hours later, I get a DM or not a DM, uh, a, a comment is a public comment. It's literally on the post still uh, undeleted. And it's this person basically saying like, this is such a trash post. Why did you use the hashtag Peng Shui? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, did I really offend somebody, like, for this? And, I mean, I had talked about, I talked about Peng Shui on the after show. And then I went ahead and, and talked about her on the uh, the Changabi show itself. Um, so it, I knew I was in the right on this one. Like, I wasn't, you know, using her hashtag for cloud or anything. And so I messaged back, or, I, sorry, I commented back. I was like, hey, like, um, so-and-so, like, I uh, respect your opinion, but also I you know, talked about Peng Shui on the show, literally, you just have to go through and listen to it, man, like, I'm not lying, like, this is, this is real content, and I was like, and then I commented a little petty thing back, and I was like, hope your Thanksgiving is not trash, like this post, and gave him a little smiley face, so I commented that back, um, something along those lines, I don't know the exact comment, and then, uh, <laughs> this is funny and then like nothing happened so i was like all right whatever like this was just a you know <laughs> very minor stressful 20 minutes of my life then i but three days later i'd completely forgotten about this and then my my guy my guy shout out jack bucket if you're listening to this if you listen to the holiday brain dump you are a genius jack um no couple literally like gosh it was like Three days after the post had come out, Jack comments and is like, like at the he tagged the guy and was like, bro, like what are you on? Like the a new, you know, like doesn't talk about, like doesn't use hashtags for extra likes and clout. Like, you know, he he uses this like platform to just talk about issues and like media things that aren't being talked about. Blah blah blah. He basically like defended my honor, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have fans that do that for me now. <laughs> Like I, it, I was like, I felt like Juliet and Romeo and Juliet, right? Like it was just like, oh my god, like I, my honor was being defended by Romeo. Like I, it was beautiful. Um, and then, 
and then and then this and then the dude comments back and is like oh i see maybe i shouldn't come off maybe i shouldn't have come off as super harsh and uh and then i was like all good man uh we would totally respect your opinion though in this community because we do a lot of polls you know a lot of questions and we talk about a lot of topics uh i think your opinion in the conversation would be totally valid uh if you would follow here for more i think it would be a lot of fun i you know i didn't expect to get a response to that i do that stuff a lot just to see like what people do and then three hours later this guy comments done followed and i was like we just went full circle this dude started out as a complete hater right they were like bro you're trash like what is this trash post using these hashtags for activism for your clout fuck you to like i'm a fan now and i checked and as of like a day ago he they're still following us they're still following the essential question podcast so turn your haters into fans like this uh if if this particular person is still watching and watches my shows hello uh, I am Anuj. It is nice to meet you. I hope you continue to watch it, um, watch content because it's been a lot of fun. And I think, I think you're going to continue to enjoy it. If you unfollow, you know what? At least I got you to follow for a little bit. And I don't think you hate me as much as you may have on Thanksgiving night when you commented that. Yep. Yep. That was like a dude. This Wi-Fi is freaking trash, bro. My house, terrible internet. Um, so if you guys are, you know, on the uh, what's it called, YouTube edition, you just saw me crap out for like a solid minute. So I apologize. My Wi-Fi in my house is terrible. Uh, Frontier Communications is the worst internet provider I've ever seen. And Xfinity, even though they're ho- a horrible company, uh, treats people better. It's a fact. But anyway. Back to the point. I love the followers. I love I love turning haters into followers. I did it one time and it gave me great satisfaction. Uh, so I hope to continue to do it over and over again. Um, and if that person is listening, hello, you have acknowledged. So welcome to the community, bud. Appreciate you. Okay, so we talked to other people. I'm a fucking egotistical motherfucker. So we have to continue. We have to continue on stroking my ego and talking about my thoughts and my feelings and my opinions because that's all that matters. So the holidays aren't working for me, man. (laughs) This year, this year, the holidays did not hit. It's been two years like this, bro. Um, Like, honestly, I don't know. And it's, it's kind of started, it even started like pre pandemic. The the holidays just haven't been the same They're They feel like, I don't know. These just, they feel long for no reason. I'm also, it's also because of the fact. Like you have a job, so it doesn't really feel like anything. Uh, It just feels like a, a normal day at the office type thing. And you know, it's just the spirit isn't there anymore for me. I don't know. Maybe it's I'm growing older and I don't care as much anymore, whatever. I don't know. But, you know, Christmas this year was very like uh, very uneventful. Um, you know, Christmas is supposed to be a time usually for family. Uh, I got to see like family on Christmas Eve and the day before and stuff, uh, which was cool. 
Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a big deal and it never has been, you know, I think we're Indians so we don't really like, and particularly, you know, being South Asian, like Christmas in our community is like, or probably, I mean, they don't like South Asian people, particularly those of like Hindu and Muslim descent don't, or sorry, like come from Hindu and Muslim families, don't seek families as well. Like don't particularly celebrate the holiday. So it's not, you know, a big deal for us it's more so just like oh extended vacation that's why a lot of like indian families south asian families like go other places because they're like oh we just have free vacation we're not visiting family like this is not a big holiday for us so we're just gonna like dip to cabo or wherever the hell indian families go south asian families go i don't know um but you do see a lot of south asian families go on vacation during like the winter holidays because you know that's that's a time that we don't really celebrate anything. So it's like, all right, we're out. Peace. Right. Cause Eid is in August, like the is in November. So we've already had our holiday season. We're like, all right, we, you know, the, let the white people have their thing. <laughs> but I don't know. The holidays just haven't been hitting for me as hard as they used to. I, maybe it's because of the fact that I'm really young or sorry, I'm really old now. Um, in turn <laughs> that, you know, I'm just, I'm so like anti Santa Claus that I have zero, I have zero, ability to just have holiday spirit i don't know what it is um but you know definitely like even like when i was in high school like the holidays were cool you know i was like oh wow like i christmas and all of these things and like i don't know um this year was just weird and i think it's going to continue to be that way because new i'm working on new year's eve so that'll be fun um but I don't think it's going to be I – I really am just not – like, I never look forward to New Year's Eve. Hot take, I think New Year's Eve is one of the most overrated holidays of all time. Every single New Year's Eve I've celebrated, I've either started out with this complete optimism that the holiday is going to be amazing and then turns out to be shit. And then, like – or I'm just like, oh, the holiday is going to be shitty, and it is shitty. So it's been like – you know, I've been alive, what, 21 years? I remember maybe 15 of my New Year's, and they're not <laughs> – been particularly fun usually it's like me and a couple friends hanging out in a corner while our parents are partying and drinking and you know that was like the first 11 years of my life and then now like and then mostly now it's just like low-key at home you know and literally the last three years new year's eve has been spent on my couch with both of my parents snoring while i watch anderson cooper and don lemon get a little too lit and i take you know a shot of whatever alcohol is in our liquor cabinet so it's been it's been fun. But honestly, though, I hot take is I really do believe that like New Year's is a holiday better spent alone. I last year, I think I went to bed before midnight um, and I I went to bed before midnight here on the West Coast. I just I was just reflecting on my year, reflecting on quarantine, reflecting on 2020 as 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 itself as a whole. And I just spent a lot of time like alone sitting on my balcony, like really really just soaking in the fact that the year was over and just all the all the good that happened, but also all the really bad um, that 2020 brought us, I think both societally and also just, you know, as a person uh, dealing with a, a lot of stuff during that year, uh, as many did. Um, but I don't know. Uh, New Year's Eve has always been an interesting holiday to me. I know it's a holiday that like a lot of people like to, you know, go out and get drunk and, you know, and here's a little PSA for everybody that wants to get lit on New Year's Eve. Get as lit as you want to. Just be safe. Get Ubers. Don't drive. Don't drink and drive. Don't, uh, you know, um, operate a motor vehicle. Just use good common sense. Uh, hang out with people that you love and that you trust. 
because New Year's Eve can get chaotic and, uh, you know, just be safe. Use, use your common sense, be safe, uh, get as lit as you want to. Um, but also, you know, be safe with your litness control. Don't get over lit where you're throwing up all over the floor and not having a good time. Make sure you balance, uh, balance your litness with practicality and you also are making good decisions. If you do those two things, you're gonna have a great New Year's Eve. Uh, I'm just not the type of person who enjoys New Year's Eve, probably because of the fact that I, I just, I don't know, like I'm not, um, maybe I'm not like a big partier type vibe. I don't, I don't know what it is about New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve just doesn't do it for me anymore. I never really used to anyway. Um, even those big parties like uh, were never like my thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm clear. I see. I'm talking like an old fucking man, bro. And like Christmas, Christmas was cool as a kid because like my parents, you know, were would get all festive and like make me do the cookies for Santa, and you know they'd bring us gifts and like it would be like a whole thing on Christmas morning. We'd open the gifts and they'd be like, "Oh my god, like this is amazing!" Blah blah blah. Like I'm so cool. You know, I got this new thing for Christmas. Like I'm dope. You're not. And then, like, there was, like, a bunch of times during when we were kids, like, where we would travel on Christmas, and, like, that was cool, too, but, like, also, you know, it was, like, no gifts, and, like, you know, I never had that, tra- I've never had that traditional kind of Christmas day, I feel like. I've had weird Christmas days, you know, and that that comes with the fact that I am Indian American, right, and, and our parents are trying their best, and I totally respect that, um, but maybe, yeah, I just maybe bucket list thing. Just once in my life, just have a very traditional Christmas. Like, what do white people do for Christmas? Let me be white for a day and just have a white Christmas. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe my brown Christmas, maybe I'll miss my brown Christmas at that point. I have no idea, right? My, my Christmas this year consisted of me basically sitting at home. There was, like, no food in our fridge. <laughs> I was hungry all day. And then I, like, went out with a friend and we looked for fast food. And then all the lines were too long, so we just decided to go home. And uh, I pretty much was just hungry the whole day. And I ate a couple cookies, and I watched the Warriors game, and I watched the Warriors win, which was which was cool. So I don't know, man. The holidays have just – they've got me a little down. I'm not even going to lie. Um, it's not the same anymore as it used to be. Uh, you know, a lot of things in life have changed, obviously, in the last couple of years here. But – what do I need to do to make the holidays better? I think, I think that's my next kind of mentality shift is like, maybe it's a mentality that I have. Maybe I'm just bringing a negative energy into my life. I don't know what it is. Um, so maybe next holiday season, like I'll come in with an open mind and I'll be like, yo, like, let me, uh, let's, let's bring up the spirit here, you know, let's bring up the vibe and, uh, and see what happens because, you know, you don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So let's see. Uh, but the holidays haven't been working for me. So I just want to say that. But it is truly what it is. Okay. Listen, I want to talk about this. I'm going to be on my ass about, and everyone's going to talk to me about it. And I want to get this done and get it over with once and for all because. This has also been on my mind recently, okay? Uh, and if you're not a sports fan, if you don't know who Jimmy G is, you can feel free to fast forward through this part of the episode. But I have the I have the necessity to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. So today it was revealed 
through a conference call with reporters that Jimmy Garoppolo has a sprained thumb, uh, which was later confirmed by Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, who actually said the injury was worse than previously thought, and the thumb is completely fractured. There's like torn ligaments. It's like a four to five week recovery process, which in turn basically means, uh, at least for now, with the information that we've been given, that Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season. Okay, he's out for the regular season. The regular season is two weeks. Uh, Best case scenario, if the 49ers make it there, he'll be ready for the NFC Championship. So we're not looking at, <laughs> we're basically not looking at Jimmy Garoppolo um, for the play for the majority of the playoffs and the regular season uh, for the rest of the regular season. If Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport's report is correct. And so this may mean that Jimmy Garoppolo might be officially done here in San Francisco. This is supposed to be his last year because, you know, we <laughs> traded three first round picks for this rookie stud quarterback who's been sitting on and I know that this year I've posted a lot of mixed reactions about Jimmy. I know I've I've said a lot of things, you know, bashing him, telling people that he's a trash quarterback and all of this stuff. But I want to I want to kind of go broad picture here with Jimmy for a second and talk about him uh, fully because I think it's important. And I really want to bring out all the nuances that I have with Jimmy Garoppolo. I will always love Jimmy Garoppolo as a human being and as a professional. He has handled the whole situation of being a quarterback here in San Francisco beautifully from the moment he stepped onto the podium for the first time with his introductory press conference to all the way to now. He has been nothing but a class act, a really good human on and off the field from what I can tell, and just a really good person in general. Um, And I respect that. You know, I know it's not easy as a professional athlete to like deal with the constant criticism and Jimmy's had to do that for two years. I know he has a hundred million dollars in the bank account. Totally, totally valid. He has a lot of money. He doesn't need, you know, like I don't have to like sit here and be like, oh my God, I feel so bad for Jimmy. Like I shouldn't feel bad for Jimmy. You know, like he has a hundred million dollars in his bank account. He's set for life. His kids are set for life and his kids, kids are probably set. Right. The Garoppolo family name is, is okay. Okay. <laughs> like Jimmy, Jimmy will be fine like financially speaking. But I think I just wanted to say this because when Jimmy first came to the team in 2017, he gave 49er fans something that like we had not had in a really, really long time. And that was hope. He gave us, he gave us hope. He gave us, uh, you know, like a bright future um, and just something to look forward to. It was like crazy. It was like, it was Jimmy. Like, you know, he's a good looking guy. Uh, When he first came in on the 49ers, he won five straight games. Like, he was just he he grabbed the attention and just grabbed the hearts of like every 49er fan. <coughs> Promise I don't have COVID. But every 49er fan who was, you know, just uh who was who was a fan of the team at the time. And he just shifted the tide here in the Bay Area. Like you see in the Bay, like in the Bay, in the Bay, the 49ers for a long time throughout like my middle school years and early high school, or really throughout high school too. We're just known as the mediocre franchise that, you know, kept losing and didn't win and they were trash and they sucked. And Jimmy brought winning back to San Francisco, right? Uh, obviously, like the first season was rough, but then, you know, he took us to a Super Bowl and he he did a lot for this franchise. It was very quick. Five years felt like a blur, honestly. I mean, I... I've been following Jimmy Garoppolo since I was 16 years old. That's, or sorry, 17 years old. That is kind of crazy to me um, that I have been watching this man for that long. Um, And (laughs) 
let me tell you something about Jimmy. I think what's cool about Jimmy is that I think he I think the thing that I like the most about Garoppolo is he had this mystique around him and I really like was just so confused by that personality trait. It was just it was very it was very strange um to me at first, but he was always a puzzle and he was an enigma and I really dug that as like a fan. Uh, as someone who like likes digging into people, he was always he was just very interesting. Um, and I, I I appreciated how kind of interesting that he was throughout his time here. Um, and in that, like he 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 just he felt like he was a much deeper person than what he let on in the media, and it was just fun to like figure that out. I don't know, maybe that's just me being like a personality nerd thing. Um, but I really did like Jimmy. Like Jimmy was like one of the first athletes that like I fell head over heels for when he came here. And it was just it was I fell for the mystique. I fell for the brand of Garoppolo. I fell for like the good looking and and I gave him a lot of passes up until about 2020. And there was one game in 2020 that officially did it in for me, which was week eight versus Seattle. Um, and he just he just didn't perform. And that was a week he got injured. And I just haven't felt the same way about Garoppolo ever since that game. Uh, I know like people point to week one at Arizona and that's when I started to feel some type of way about Jimmy, but then like that game against that game against Seattle was just like, it put me in, it was, I was done. I was like, no, no more Jimmy. Um, like I can't do it with this guy. So, but I, I just want to make this point very, very clear. Like, and I'm going to, like, do a whole, like, written post, like, when Jimmy uh, eventually, like, when it's over, like, when the whole season's over, and I'll do a whole thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's probably done at this point, I think, in my opinion, based on the reports, um, that I think Jimmy's done for the season. I think Jimmy's done here in San Francisco. I think Tennessee may have been the last game, but, of course, it goes out on an injury. That's just the classic Jimmy Garoppolo way. Um, but honestly, here's here would be my message to Jimmy if you were to ever watch this. Dude, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart because when you first came to this team in 2017, like I can speak from this as like a fan. I was I personally was going through a lot, like mentally. Um, you know, I, I mental health wise, I wasn't at like the best state of my life. Uh, but there was something about like athletes and sports that just kept me going um even through like the really shitty days uh because 2017 and 2018 were rough uh mental health years for me um and jimmy jimmy and steph and like the warriors the whole warriors but like jimmy was like the one thing that was just the big constant um that was just like i would wake up in the morning and like read about reports about the Niners and the Warriors. And like, that's probably why I like sports so much is it's gotten through. It's got me through a lot in life. Um, but Jimmy was just this guy that like I aspired to be when I was that age, when I was 17 years old, I wanted to be Jimmy Garoppolo when I was eight, like that, when I was like that age in high school, like he just made such an impression on me. I was like, I want to carry myself like the way Jimmy carried himself. Right. I want to look like Jimmy looks obviously like every guy wants to look the way Jimmy looks like it's still, it's still a thing. But I, I want to say to Jimmy, like, if you ever watch this, if you ever listen to this, thank you so much for getting me through a period in my life that I didn't know I'd get through, frankly. And um, and it was weird that it was you 
of all people, you know, the guy that I hate on the most in terms of being a quarterback was the guy that I beloved for two years, um, you know, and got me through and even even during 2019 um, that just got me through a lot in life, you know, looking at Jimmy, just looking at that figure, looking at um, and I know that sounded hella weird looking at that figure, but no, just like looking at who he was as a person and just looking at the, like the quarterback and like being that guy, like that, that, that like, and just, you know, being a blue collared kid from Illinois family oriented, just, you know, going, going kind of the hard way to the NFL division, double, like double a football, one double a football, you know, being the backup to Brady and then finally getting your starting position. Like that story, just the way he acted. I know it sounds funny, and I know it's you know hilarious to a lot of people. Like, oh my god, a new to Jimmy. Like, what's ha ha ha? But dude, thank you so much, Jimmy. I really mean it. Uh, you mean a lot to me, um, and you always will. I root for nothing but your success in the future. I really do hope you're able to make it to the playoffs one day uh, again and have a great amount of success with whatever team you end up with next year. Um, I just really hope you don't start at quarterback again for us because, you know, I just kind of want to see Trey play. But thank you for what you did, and I really do appreciate it. But I think it's time for you to leave San Francisco. <laughs> um, and I think it's better for for everybody involved. Um, and I know that was kind of mean, so sorry. But I promise I have like a whole spiel that I'm planning about Jimmy. But Jimmy, thank you um, as a fan of San Francisco. As a fan of the San Francisco 49ers, like I thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. It's I know this has been awkward, this whole, you know, five minute spiel of what I've been saying, but thank you. Thank you for everything. I really appreciate you. Uh you got me through a tough period in my life. Um and like I was on top of the world that day when you signed my shirt at training camp. Uh, I felt like the kid who had won the lottery. So thank you so much for everything that you did for the franchise, everything that you did for me, uh, and you didn't even know it. So thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate you, man. And this is it. It's it. But anyway, before we get into the weeds about Jimmy Garoppolo, I know that was long and it ranted a lot. Uh, again, late night story coming about Jimmy G. But... Mom and dad, if you're seeing this, mom and dad, if you're seeing this, please ignore this part. <laughs> no, um, I've been thinking about this a lot, dude. A lot of my friends obviously go to college and, you know, they go to, they live in various parts of the world or sorry, the nation for the most part. I don't really know people who live in other parts of the world now, um, but most of them live throughout the different parts of the nation, you know, go to college there and live their own independent lives and don't necessarily live at home or haven't really for the last three years or so. Um, it's about this March is going to be two years since I've started living at home. And let me tell you something, living at home in your 20s, when all of your friends are away at college, when you are questioning your life decisions on a daily basis and you're going to school and you're doing all these things you feel it's a weird 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 feeling um you know uh i've been doing online classes for almost two years and living at home is is rough 
Like it, it's it's fine, and like I love my parents for giving me a free place to stay, free rent, and you getting me free rent in the Bay Area. Like anybody would take that, but it is a rough place to be, particularly when you're like supposed to be growing socially and mentally and all of these things and having all these new experiences. I feel like I'm not, you know, and I feel like I've had a lot of new experiences, but it's been in this chair. It's been talking to you guys. It's being vulnerable with you guys. It's been, you know, having these conversations over this microphone, but it hasn't been, you know, the traditional, like, oh, I went out and partied too hard one night and I got this pulsating hangover the next day. Like that was not the way it was, uh, the way that I've learned, the way I've experienced things is through the internet um, and through, you know, being at home and going to work and, you know, just interacting there and like being a part of that environment. And I've had a different set of experiences that almost make me feel like a growing adult in the workforce, but I'm not because I'm still in school and I have all these classes I got to do. Right. Um, But like living at home is tough too, dude. And I know this shit is like, not easy for any party it's not easy for my dad it's not easy for my mom um you know it's not easy for me like shit like i'm supposed like imagine right like you're 21 you're you you like as as a kid like you picture yourself like oh my gosh when i get older i'm gonna be doing so much like i'm gonna be balling out Uh, you know i'm gonna be jet setting all over the country like visiting all my friends in college like when you graduate high school you're like i'm gonna be traveling i'm gonna be going here i'm gonna be going there like we're gonna go to cabo on spring break right like i don't have that traditional college experience I'm stuck. I'm at home, right? Living my life like I'm in high school and I've been doing that for two years. It is tough. It's tough because none of your friends are here, right? They're all away having these amazing experiences and I'm so happy for them. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not even envious. But like everybody, I feel like everybody around me is moving on everybody around me and i can tell during this holiday break like i talked to friends of mine i'm like how are you they're like oh my gosh i have this internship here this summer and i'm moving here and i've worked on this and i've done that and i'm working and i'm having these incredible experiences with these people and i have a boyfriend and i have a girlfriend and actually like i figured this out about my sexuality and blah 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 and it's like what the fuck like what am i doing (laughs) you know like i'm living i'm living here but i feel like you know i've discovered so much like in front of this microphone but also at the same time it's like dude, like, what am I doing? Like, what is this? Is this the way to go? Like, am I growing? Am I really growing sitting here and talking to this camera? Like, am I have I grown in my own way in two years? I don't know. I don't know. Like in certain aspects of my life, I do not fucking know if I've grown. Right. And it's so different. And it's weird. It's weird. It's this weird feeling of like, I feel like I'm stagnating because I've been in the same place for two years. Like, the same physical location but maybe when i change that scenery come fall i don't know what what'll happen like i you know it's just it's weird and living at home sucks i think also as a 21 year old because like you and your parents don't know how to handle it right it's this awkward relationship of like wait he's supposed to be at college but also like we're his parents so like we kind of treat it like it's extended high school you know like curfews and all this shit i'm just like dude why why like the fact that i'm 21 years old right i'm sitting here and like i get texts at 11 30 in the night like where are you are you coming home soon like it's just like i know it's like a parent's responsibility to worry and all this stuff but it's like 
dude, if I was in college, I had no one to worry about. If I lived on my own, no one would worry about me. I don't care. I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat like, I feel like I'm craving independence, but also at the same time, like I'm hella dependent because I'm living in this house. Um, and this is like, and I'm not trying to like shit on living at home because it's great. And it's so underrated actually. Like I've saved a hell of money. You know, I've, I've learned things about myself that I didn't think I would. And you know, it's been great, but also at the same time, like it sucks. And there's a lot of things that I feel like I need to grow on, um, in the outside world that I'm just not ready for. Like, what if I get into the outside world and I just get my ass fucking beat for five months straight? Like, I don't know, you know? So maybe I, I just, I have no idea. I truly have no idea how this whole thing's going to work out, but living at home has been tough. And I just want to be honest with you guys that, you know, I, I, I may say coming to you live from my parents' house, but at the same time, like it can be rough out here, dude. And like, I kid you not, like it, it's not, it's not easy all the time, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I just thought I'd be honest, you know, it, it, it's not easy for your parents, but it's also not easy for me either. You know, all your friends are in college. You're kind of bored. Uh, on some weekends, you just kind of sit up and you're like, what am I going to do? And, you know, I've been working on myself constantly for two years, but it's like, dude, like maybe I need to go out and just meet people, you know, just be different and like do something with my life. But like at the same time, it's like, I feel like I am, but like, you're also not because you're not in that specific location and the people around you don't believe you because you're in the same location and you look the same and you sound the same. And it feels like you haven't had any new experiences. Like when my friends ask me like, what's new, I'm like, not much. And that's the truth of the matter. (laughs) It's tough. It's tough out here. But I want to end it on an optimistic note. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been my brain dump. Uh, Very unfiltered, very raw kind of thoughts from my brain. I know we went to 45 minutes. I apologize. Um, But thank you guys for listening, Uh, going through all the internet shortages and all that shit. Fuck Frontier. That's going to be the hashtag to this. Hashtag Fuck Frontier. Uh, Anyway, thank you guys. I really appreciate every single one of you that tuned into this. Uh, I hope you guys have a great New Year, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, more shows are going to be coming out soon. But uh, this was my brain dump, and I really hope you appreciated it. It was weird. It was random. It was the show about nothing. Um, it was my Seinfeld episode. And if you guys like this episode, feel free to like it. Feel free to subscribe on YouTube. Um, and if you're on Spotify, hit that follow button. Make sure you're tapped into the latest content that's going to be coming out. And then. Also, uh, Twitter as well. Go ahead and follow that. All the links are down below, so you'll be able to find that stuff pretty easily. Um, thank you guys so much again for listening. Appreciate all of you. Back with a little New Year's in review for 2021, and I'll see you soon. All right, guys. Peace out. Have a great day, night, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Um, and yeah, that's all I got.